This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Val Spar Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome, and I hope you enjoyed your two free holes of golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love getting free holes of golf. Always great. And it was, this is a great tournament. But the coolest thing about it is it, it's the, the Davis Riley against Sam Burns, right? We're going up against a, 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 a star. Maybe not superstar, but a star, no doubt, the defending champion. And this guy's a 25-year-old rookie on the PGA Tour who has a chance to win. It, it was such a cool story. The, the whole day, it was really cool, and I enjoyed watching the playoff as well. Yeah, really great day of golf culminating in a two-hole playoff. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, that was, uh, that was a doozy. Yeah, how's it, boys? Uh, first thing, Greg, I'm digging the, uh, the the Outlook little bits you're doing on TikTok. I'm paying attention to those. Just oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but they're I, fun. I, I, I've got to say this. You talk about the future of golf and the changing landscapes. We got it front and center this afternoon. You know, I don't want to say JT is an older statesman. But Sam Burns is just 25, too, okay? And then you've got Marikawa and Hovland, and now you've got Davis Riley is legit. I mean, that was riveting stuff, and what a great way to sort of introduce him to the world because he's been good. And then, uh, obviously, Sam Burns. I mean, I just tweeted, now that boy is just a boss, and he's going to win so much more in the future if he stays injury-free. When we entered this Sunday final round, it was a four-horse race, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. Davis Riley, a tiny little favorite over Justin Thomas with Sam Burns and Matthew Neesmith behind. I want to take this a little bit chronologically, as I like to do uh, here, Greg, when, when we do have a playoff, because Davis Riley entered the day with a multiple-shot lead and ran into big-time trouble on the fifth hole. He made a triple on the par 5 fifth, the only triple made on a par five by any golfer in the field this week the rookie sleeping on the 54 hole lead did it and we still got himself into a playoff this was an incredible aspect of the tournament because you're, you're just getting going and it's kind of a slow start everybody's kind of hanging around everybody had made a bunch of pars in a row there weren't a lot of birdies being made i mean it was like on the on top of the leaderboard adam hadwin was the only guy that had made a birdie in the top five through the first five holes. It was, it was like nobody was making a move and all of a sudden, and and that's good for Riley, right? He's in a situation where nobody's charging and he's, he's cruising. And the more holes go by the, the more, um, the, the better his chances of winning get. And all of a sudden he hits it left off the tee, decides to play it uh, up the left side of the hole, as you can see there. Um, if you're watching on YouTube and then he's by the eighth tee, he's all of a sudden over by the eighth tee taking a drop and he has a, a doable shot to get on the green. It's a, a hundred, 105 yard shot or something like that. 
Um, and, and all of a sudden he chunks it 50 yards and ends up at the base of a tree. And this, this is that situation where everything is going so fast. Everything's moving so fast. The chip shot that he hit from the backside of the green, once he eventually got over there, his fifth shot was so nervy looking. It was, uh, it, it was a little bit concerning. And, and I thought he was done at that point. And he really showed some guts to not be. When, if you are watching on YouTube, when you're playing up the shadowed version of, of Torcast, that area outside the green, the, the hole that you're supposed to be playing, you're in big trouble. And Mark, this usually, when you see something like this from a guy who's got, you know, 25 starts on the PGA Tour, who had to sleep on the lead, that, that's the E word. You're about to get an ejection. You're about to see this go sideways and you're about to see him finish T12. The fact that he was still able to kind of right the ship, figure this out and get himself into that playoff is, is pretty remarkable in itself. Yeah, well, first off, just to put some, I guess, uh, enlighten the situation some, he's not the first guy to go down six fairway because when you miss that fifth fairway left, it's normally the best way to go. And we saw Gary Woodland in our feature groups ESPN coverage do it just yesterday too. So it's it's a legit thing. It was just a poor shot he hit. But, you know, and, and this is where you might champion this cause, Rick. The strokes gained stuff. Mm-hmm. He showed us strokes gained mental acumen today. He showed us strokes gained guards today. He showed us all that stuff that you can't measure and, and to come through the way he did, because you're right, make a triple bogey on the fifth hole of the of the final day, you got the lead. I mean, your will just crashes in on you. And, and, and to Greg's saying, stuff starts going fast. Well, your emotions start working fast too. And then you start wondering, what on earth am I doing? And you get ahead of yourself. But he quickly, quickly made a very sound par on six the hole thereafter. And he sort of established a, a little bit of a groove, if you will. And then all of a sudden, they're on eights hole playing 230 yards plus the par three. It's just off the left of the green and pitches in. And the fist pump he showed there after that hole out, uh, this was a guy who's like, I'm in this. I, I'm still surviving where a lot of folks after triple bogey, they're like, oh my goodness, my day is coming to an end. So this was just such a, we speak about golf in, in this hands and feet thing and these guys are so strong and skilled and they drive the ball so well and hit irons and putt and stuff like that. He was just, he was he was like Tiger Woods today in a way. He, he was never down and out. He might have been on the canvas a few times and he took, he took one or two standing eight counts, but he was in it. And then, of course, he delivers that peach into 17 and makes birdie there and then has a look to win on 18. It was the consummate um, sort of survival round of golf that he played and he just kept himself in it. Never once did I see the comportment really drop very much. Yeah, those final few holes were fascinating, and I want to deep dive those a little bit more. But once he makes triple, Davis Riley, that is, Greg, this thing's wide open. And you've got a couple of sharks that smell blood in the water. Sam Burns now lurking. He makes a couple of birdies early in his second nine. Justin Thomas trying to build some momentum. And even Matthew Neesmith hanging strong. I mean, this thing is now, it's still a four-horse race after this triple bogey. And we're trying to see who's going to get to get this thing to the finish line. Well, now you open it up to even even deeper, right? Uh, Adam Hadwin, who ends up not playing great for the rest of the day, but he ends up being in the mix. Um, you, you bring all these other chasers like Brian Harmon into the mix. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick chasing. You, you wonder if they get a couple more, there's a time where they feel like all of a sudden they're in the tournament. So it really, it, it opened the gates 
Um, and, and it was the strongest chance was still in that top four, as you said, but now you're at a point where you don't know which one of them is, is going to do it. And anything goes, the, the one difference is Davis Riley just made a triple. So you're not really feeling great about him. Um, it's almost like a three horse race. really well, he's going to, he's going to eject, as you said, Rick, the E word, <laughs> um, but he didn't. So it was, it was really cool. It was a great opportunity for Justin Thomas. It was a great opportunity for Matthew Neesmith, who also made birdie at eight, by the way. Um, and, and it was, it, it was cool to see. And, and Sam Burns all of a sudden gets himself a two shot lead. By the time you're heading into 17, he looked like he was going to control it. Um, Thomas gave himself some chances and you thought he was going to get right there. And maybe it was, it would be a Thomas Burns playoff, but that, that triple opened the doors for all these guys. That, that 17th hole mark, uh, pivotal. Certainly Sam Burns makes bogey. He was in the penultimate group. Davis Riley in the final group probably knows he's got to birdie it to have a chance. Maybe that's the easier place to make birdie than 18. Neither of them are very easy and he stands up on the tee with plenty of confidence, doesn't he? He really does. But before I talk about that and something we saw on our, uh, on our coverage on our channel that you might not have seen on the network show, I've got to give a nod to that up and down out of the sand for Justin Thomas. That was mm. oh, just magical. I mean, that, that, that was wizardry with a lob wedge in your hand from that light to that target away from you. So that was spectacular. And then Burns just stepping up there after the whole thing's coming apart and bring a sliding eight footer just in the heart. I mean, that is some big stuff too. And anyhow, so then Riley shows up there on the tee and he's the last guy and he's now one back or whatever it was. Um, and he's on the tee and he's got a guy called Lance Bennett on his bag. And Lance Bennett has worked for a long time as a caddy, well-respected, worked for Matt Kuchar for a long time when Kuch was winning players' championships and stuff. So he's been on winning bags. And they're on the tee there, and uh, Davis has seven iron in his hand. And Bennett working him, he goes, there's a wind in off the left. You've got this number, that's the carry. And he goes, are you sure about that club? And Davis is like, sure about this club, but like resolute. And then he gets over the ball and he's in the launching sequence and the wind puffs up into him again and he steps out and he goes, that was just a gust. And then Bennett goes, well, it's 207 behind the flag and starts working the numbers, right? To try and almost pitch him to go with a little off speed six, if you will. And Davis Riley looks at him, he goes, this is the club. And he gets in there and <laughs> delivers this gem. Now, look, the shot was incredible. But never, ever have I seen a rookie be so forthright, so resolute in a situation like that. Because ordinarily, you're like, what do you think? What club is it? Uh, I'm feeling this way. Where's the wind? And there's all these questions back and forth. He got in there. like He's like, I've got my hands on the rubber end of this club. I know this is right. I'm going with my instincts. And he didn't. It worked out. And I was like, holy smoke. This kid can hit it. He can putt. But my goodness, is he tough. And when I saw that, I was like, this guy is destined for success if he keeps doing this, because that interaction for me was something it'll it'll live with me, Rick, until I uh, for as long as I draw breath. That shot that Davis Riley hit into 17 was the shot of the day. So with all of that going on, he stands up, he hits it in there. And of course, he pays it off with birdie both. 
Davis Riley and Sam Burns. Greg, they had a chance to win it on 18. They both slide their putt by. We're headed to a playoff, and the stakes are high. You've got a PGA Tour rookie looking to break through for the first time versus the defending champion trying to go back-to-back. Sam Burns trying to elevate himself into a higher tier of golfer, something that we've kind of been looking for. We talk seriously every Monday, Greg, about Sam Burns and what the great modern kind of golfer that he is and and there's a lot on the line in this playoff yes and and you know you start thinking about where you where you end your career and the accolades that you pile up these are opportunities that you can't miss because it's so hard to get yourself in this situation and uh, to now have your hand on what is it three three wins on the pga tour now that's a big deal and and now you you start to really feel some confidence that those totals can continue to pile up so it, it it is a big deal. It is exciting. And he had a quality shot into the 18th green. Uh, he gave himself another opportunity, especially considering Riley uh, hit it in the bunker. But, I mean, Mark, you talk about the bunker shot JT hit on, on uh, earlier in the round. What he did on 18 was, that was awesome. That shot was so good. Riley hit. I was, I was so impressed. The... Playoff, which I love that they did. So they played Playoffs? 18. Thank you. They played 18. Then they went, what, 16? They were going to go 16, 17, 18 again, which is great. I love the routing. Valspar, kudos to you. Absolute great stuff. Uh, both of them par 18 the first time around. They are both on the backside of 16. Mark uh, Sam Burns with putter in hand. He's going to go first. We already see that Davis Riley has pulled a wedge. And from 32 and a half feet, Sam Burns hoops one runs it around the back edge of the cup i was telling i was telling jacob i thought it was falling out when it was on the back side of it it drops in davis riley cannot match it and sam burns adds a third pga tour victory to the resume yeah it's crazy and look i know this is all about sam burns but i have to just acknowledge real fast that bunker shot by davis riley on 18 that was special to get up there and thump the sand that hard that takes a big courage and a lot of skill. And then to slide that driver down there with nothing but disaster through the fairway, that was good. But, you know, Burns showed who he is uh, to drive it through the fairway and then the strength of him from that rough to bring the ball down softly on that green because there's something about that green where it's perched up slightly so it gets exposed. So of the greens on the course, it was one of the more firm greens and we saw players banging it through the back of that thing all day long. And that just wasn't good. Yet he could, from the rough, have that thing settle down on the surface. So that showed a gear that not many folks have. And that's what it's going to separate Burns in major events, in my opinion. But then again, you know, winning is about taking your opportunities. I I know his comments afterwards said, you know, I've realized on final days, you just got to sort of not make mistakes and hang around and give yourself a chance, which is true. But then when you have an opening, you've got to try and take it. And Tiger Woods was a master at that. Jack Nicklaus was. All the multiple winners on tour do that. And he's got this 30-footer that nobody had made anything from that side of the green the whole day, yet he found a way to do it. So it speaks to the moxie of the guy. It just speaks to what he has. It's, it's an immeasurable, but, but again, the strength of him and just the skill of him to hit that second shot that he did, that is special. That's of the top drawer. 
friend of the pod, Sam Burns, with his third victory since the Valspar Championship last year. And Greg, he's going to move to number 10 in the official World Golf Rankings. The way that I've personally described him is he's the modern golfer. You were a little slow to call him a superstar. I'm getting closer and closer. I mean, he he's a star. He's got the, the driver. He's got the approach play. He can obviously roll the rock. When I spoke with him a couple of weeks ago, he is so even keel. It's hard to really get him upset. Mark's giving me three fingers. What are we talking about, Mark? Just pump the brakes a little. Look, he's got the <laughs> makings of a star. <laughs> let, let, let's not put, let's not uh, have the coronation just yet. You know, stars are made by big events. Now, he's had some awesome wins in his very young career and he's 25 and he's doing stuff like Tiger Woods would have done, but just pump the brakes just a little while. I'm impressed. <laughs> Slow down a bit. I might be out over my skis a little bit, Greg, but I'm very impressed. I love the way Sam Burns sets up for the future. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think star is a, a fair assessment. I think superstar is a, is too far to kind of split the middle here. I, I just I think uh, he right now is a guy that's won three times on tour since the since right. Anderson. Which was in, uh, so he won Valspar in May. Oh, he so won that, that first. Right. Then he won Sanderson. Right. Then he won it. So this is three wins in like 10 months. Right. Which is a big deal. That's that that's stardom. That's one of the you're one of the best players on the PGA tour in that time. And and that's a star right now. So um I'm I'm with I'm with you right there. The the thing I really like about Sam Burns and his game is what he does on the greens. The the putting is such mm-hmm. a strong aspect. I mean, it, this is yeah, it, it's beautiful. He hits it long. He's and and the biggest the biggest thing that has elevated him to stardom is what he has improved with his iron play. That jump took him from a guy keeping his card to a star. But in today's round, you get down to the nitty gritty and you're chipping out twice during the round on par fours on both. Um, what was it on six and on ten? He has to chip out and he gets them both up and down. He's make he made so many. 9, 10, 11 foot putts today that, I mean, obviously we wanted a playoff. If he misses one of them, he doesn't win. And so they were, he was just so clutch on the greens and it was uh, beautiful. And it's his separator. There are a lot of guys that are, are big and fast and long. He's one of them. Uh, but, but what he does on the greens is, is a separator. I'm going to make a comparison. Let's call it a metaphor, if you will. Um, he does Tiger Woods kind of stuff, but to me, he's Jordan Spieth with a big, high towering trajectory. He can drive it like a banshee. Uh, and then he's got that ability to make saves from all over the place. And that's what he did. And that's how that's how he's won these events because we had him in feature groups coverage and it was downright scrappy in round two. He missed a number of wedges out way to the right. He was late on everything. And the ball striking just wasn't there, but he kept himself in the game with that short game. And then today, uh, he was sort of covering up uh, the, the copperhead course from all corners there. But made birdies when he had the chance and made saves when he needed to. So so I would sort of say he's got an element of speed to him, but he just hits it like a ROM, if you will. It's got the height, it's got the speed, it's got the power, and he moves it comfortably in both directions. I, I would say um I, I would say DJ is a comparison for me. And part of that has to do with the demeanor. There's a, a brilliance in the from from what I hear from him off the golf course. There's a simplicity in his methods, and it reminds me of Dustin Johnson. 
which is great. And then he hits the ball kind of like him too. So it it's uh it's cool to watch, but it's fun that you could have all these comparisons and they're legitimate. The scrappiness, the ability to make a score, Rick, reminds me of what we talked about on Friday night, where the stars are able to contend, able to put rounds together when they don't have their best stuff, when they don't hit it beautifully. For Davis Riley, he's got to hit the ball really well right now at this stage in his career to contend. And that's why you don't see him contend a lot because it's hard to put it all together. But uh, a guy like Sam Burns, a guy like Justin Thomas, they don't have to put it all together to contend. They know how to shoot numbers with two sixes next to them. Uh, They know how to shoot low scores. And all week, you look at what he did statistically for the week. He he ends up being third approach the green. He had one really great round in round one. But other than that, it it was modest, I would say. Um, he's he's 13th around the green. He lost strokes around the green on Sunday. Seven, he's eighth in putting for the week. There, there's not the dominance you see sometimes. It, he just he figured out round over round what needed to happen to get it done it was it, 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 that's what makes him a star uh the reverend ducham uh, you're preaching brother no I, I like what you're yeah. saying and i'm completely on board and just to put a button on the star thing uh with sam burns he's got that thing where he's just attractive i mean as a fan you want to watch him play so he's got that star quality um and, and when he walks around he, he's got the chest puffed out he's got the swagger about him and and you're right. He doesn't seem to phase kind of like a Dustin Johnson. But then you watch that putt that he made and that celebration. That was like Woods. Dustin Johnson would knock that down and sort of go, hey, what's up? I just won the 25th time in my career. You know, where that was real. And you saw the emotion and you got to look inside of the guy who's normally quite stoic when he plays. So so he has that star quality if you just watch him and you see him in person. Because the guy, he cuts a big figure. He's like six foot one. He's strong. He's got the whole thing going on. Sam Burns successfully defends his Valspar Championship title. The first person to do it since. Give me a bucket. Give me a bucket. <laughs> Producer Jacob. And good luck to you, Billy Horschel, trying to get Sam Burns to be your partner again for the Zurich Classic. You've got some selling to do, my friend. Let's put a bow on Davis Riley real quick because, Greg, uh, he won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour in that super season that we had. We're already seeing why he was able to get into the winner's circle a few times on that circuit, and he is seemingly ready to rock and roll here on the big tour. It's pretty cool to look at his well-rounded game, too. There are two two different rounds where he led the field in strokes game putting. Uh, he did it in round one and round three, which, which is really cool. He also led the field in round three around the green, and he led the field off the tee in round two. So he, he kind of had a little bit of that, too, where he excelled dramatically in one area round over round which was cool, but a lot, he, he drove the ball great this week, ends up leading the field off the tee, uh, and, and on and around the greens, he was excellent as well. So it was cool to see, uh, um, it wasn't quite the iron play that I thought would be required here, but, um, he, he scrapped it out and nearly won very nearly won. should have won. He should have won this tournament. 
0 for 4 in conversions of 54 whole leaders during the Florida swing. Daniel Berger, Billy Horschel, and Taylor Gooch. Honor Bon Lahiri, now Davis Riley, all failing to close out with 18 holes to go. But Mark, he gets the feel, key to the battle on the PGA Tour for the first time. And I think based on some of the accolades that we've thrown on him in the last 22 minutes, we think he's going to be back in the heat of the battle again shortly. Well, I would think so. Look, he's not in the field next week at the match play. And if he doesn't go and play in Punta Cana, I think he needs his head red because he's, he's going to have all sorts of mo mojo going on. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he contends again next week. Um, I, I sort of felt for him in a way that, you know, this if he had happened to pull off this victory, all of a sudden you're in the Masters uh, in just a few weeks' time. But, you know, that's, that's going to happen in the future. That's guaranteed. Right now he's just got to put this behind him, you know, go and – revisit this a little bit, go and celebrate the successes. Don't live in the losses too much because he played well, he earned it. I mean, he battled back and, and he can hang his hat on that thing because you're right, Rick, he could have been out of this thing after the fifth hole today. So he showed what he's got. So yeah, I'm, I'm certain he's going to be around some. You, you don't win by accident on the Corn Ferry Tour and doing it multiple times. That shows what you got. Yeah, quickly on the other two horses here, gentlemen, Justin Thomas, seven finishes of eighth or better in his last 10 starts. Greg, for a guy of Justin Thomas's caliber, you could look at that as a bit disappointing, but this is kind of what JT does. His floor is so high, and if he finds a putter, he is going to stack trophies. This is how it works, and it kind of stinks that you've got all these top 10s and you're not winning when you're JT, but this is this is kind of the recipe. Yeah, look, he he's really good. He got beat. He he drove. He didn't give himself an opportunity on eighteen, which I think is probably the thing he's most disappointed about. You you think of that moment coming down the stretch with a chance to win, and all of a sudden you're in up against the lip of a bunker, and that's that's very concerning. Um, and it, it doesn't give it, it. It robs you of that opportunity. So I think that that's probably the thing JT's most disappointed about. But all in all, great play this week, and he's got to be feeling good heading into a major championship season. I am surprised. Uh, I'm not going to question Justin Thomas and, and Bones Mackay. They're two great minds. Uh, I think they're great together. Uh, but I am surprised that they pulled a club. Um, that was going to reach those bunkers down the right-hand side. The bunkers on the left, you can play from all day long. Those lips are low, you can get the ball to the green. But down the right, that's automatic pitch out, and everyone knows it. And maybe it was just some juice, the adrenaline or whatever, but I was surprised when I, when I saw that miss in that pot bunker down there. Matthew Neesmith sets the 36-hole scoring record and ties the 18-hole tournament low score, but comes up a hair short here. Greg, this is a guy that we talk about, again, seemingly every single Monday. He's going to finish T3. It's going to earn him a lot of money. It's going to earn him a lot of FedEx Cup points. Again, it's experience about being in the moment. And he's another guy who could have blinked, who could have fallen off. I'm, I, I love the way Neesmith played this week. I, I do too. Um, very impressed. I think last night is where, where he's a little disappointed finishing up with two bogeys late. Um, that probably bothers him a little bit because he got off to such a great start on that front nine. Um, but making birdie at eight today was huge and making birdie at 17 was really clutch too. And um, it, it gives you that feeling like you can do it. And if you're Matthew Neesmith leaving right now, you know, you can win on the PGA tour, you know, you have the stuff to do it which is really cool. And if I were to give him a comparison, I, I think he is like a Tom Hoagie kind of guy uh, where he could really blossom into a consistent player. He's a popper right now, 
and has been. And that's one of the reasons why we talk about him on Mondays so much. And that seems to be the only day. But, um, but, but going forward, maybe it's this year, maybe next year, maybe even the year after that, he could turn into a real consistent player and be a guy um, who's winning on the PGA Tour. At the risk of sounding like I'm echoing Greg a little bit, I, I just want to agree there. Um, look, he did great work this week, and that birdie on 17 was very clutch and very timely. Um, if you're going in the wrong direction mentally and physically over there, you're not doing that on the penultimate hole and giving yourself a shot still to make it in the playoffs. So that showed what he's got. But I've had my eye on him for a long time. The guy's got a beautifully organized golf swing. He hits it long, man. He hits it solid too. And he spent a lot of time with a guy called Marcus Potter, and they're really working on the short game with an emphasis on the putting. And you saw there in that 61, he started to roll stuff in. And today, maybe it dried up some, but, you know, putting on Sunday afternoon in the last group is different to putting on Friday afternoon in the, whatever group it was. So there, I think a lot of learning is going on right now, but I'm certain that he'll take this and go, right, a nice big deposit in the bank account. Let's go free will for a while because I know I can hang. Yeah, absolutely. I want to continue to talk about the Valspar, and I want to talk about next week. We've got to do our odds and ends. We're going to do that. Mark, we're going to get you out of here. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's good, always good to talk to you. See you, boys. I appreciate you. Take care. Thanks, All Mark. Right. That's Mark Immelman. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. We're going to talk about Bryson. We're going to talk about the match play. We're going to talk about a lot of things. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. And we're back. How about this? A hot tag. Mark out, KP in. That's Kyle Porter. Welcome, bud. Good to see you. Sounds like an upgrade to me. Ooh, doggy. It's nice for you to say that after Mark has already left. It's easy yeah. to say. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, Valspar was great. Uh, we, I don't have a ton that you guys probably already didn't, didn't already talk about, but... I mean, I, I think my big takeaway is Sam Burns is a star, right? A and I think you win now. You you win three times in twenty four events in the last year, and you're in the top ten in the world. You got to do something like you wanted to see it last week at the players in a big spot, right? You wanted it like a big time players major something like that type event, but he is. Uh, it, it's interesting because it feels like we're accumulating all these like Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns and Zalatoris and all these guys that are 24 to 27, especially on the American side. You can maybe throw Davis Riley in there in a couple years from now. Um, and there's just, I mentioned the Ryder Cup after he made that long putt on 16 to win it. And you're like, man, there's so many good 
young Americans and a bunch of guys that are a little bit older, like Finau and DJ and all these guys that aren't really going anywhere either. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It feels like we're we're adding stars to the tour without taking very many guys away, which I think is a really interesting kind of concept for a, a professional league. Yeah, I, I I wanted Sam Burns on that Ryder Cup team in the last go around, and Greg, we're going to get to the next one. There's going to be 26 well-deserved Americans who can be on that squad, and there are going to be snubs. The second team uh, might be pretty darn good for for the U.S. side, but yeah, it's a it's a plethora of young riches right now. You know, the stars thing is interesting because there's this is one of the beauties of the tour and how many events we have. There there are events every week, and you don't always get a player's championship or a match play where all the best players are there at the same time. But it, it opens up this opportunity to have stars that kind of come and go in waves. Morikawa and Hovland right now, maybe they're not playing their best golf right now. They're not on top of the leaderboard every week. And 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 it's it, some of us are, are fans of them individually, but it, it doesn't ruin the event when a star isn't playing well or isn't in contention. If you're a fan of a of the New York Jets and their quarterback is playing poorly, right? Zach who Wilson's not playing well. Jets? Who would willingly know. be a fan of the New York Jets? No one on this podcast, right? Uh, a, a psycho. But <laughs> if you are and your quarterback doesn't play well, it stinks. And but on the PGA Tour, if if some of the stars don't play well, there's tons of backup. Somebody's playing well, and there's new stars emerge. And it's a, to Kyle's point, it's a, a great model for a professional sports league and it, it, it will continue. But the, the cool thing is how many of these guys are really, really good and continue to repeat. They, they don't cycle in and out every week and go away forever. They, they come in and, and they're back again soon. Sam Burns missed three cuts in a row before players or, or before API. And and here he is winning just three events later. It's pretty but, cool. And I think the thing about golf that's interesting is we talk all the time about how like, oh, everybody's uh, more ready to win when they come out on tour, which is true. But some of the like fitness technology data, whatever, has kind of extended the careers of guys being competitive into their 40s. I mean, Phil Mickelson's a, a reigning major champion. And we're talking about all these 25-year-olds. Phil Mickelson's 51 or whatever. Stuart Sink won twice last year. Yeah. So I think it's it's really you don't you don't get that in, I mean, Tom Brady aside, you don't really get that in football. You don't get that in basketball. Um, maybe a little in baseball with pitchers and stuff, but golf is unique in that. And I think it's one of the things that makes it makes it awesome. Gentlemen, I'm uh I'm gonna do it. I'm now declaring it match play week. This is one of my favorite events on the schedule. I just, I love the aspect. I love they went to pods and we get round robin and we've got an interesting little field, not only for those who are going to be in it, but those who are not going to be teeing it up. Number one, Bryson DeChambeau, as of this moment in the field. He is committed to the match play event. So we'll see him for the first time in quite some time. And Greg, uh, the way this works, if you're in the top 64 of the OWGR, you are you got an invite. A couple of guys, uh, notables that have chosen to pass this one up. Roy McElroy will sit it out. Cam Smith, we already know about. Hideki Matsuyama and the aforementioned Phil Mickelson are the notables not teeing it up in Austin. For Rory, I think it's, 
it tells me where his mind is. His mind is is solely on masters right now and he's backing out of masters where where does it when does it make sense not where when does it make sense for me to play leading into this to get prepared and i think i heard he's playing valero so i I think that's why he's out matsuyama probably still dealing with that back injury which is why he had to withdraw from what is it the players um and then who else do you have? Uh, Camp Smith. Camp he said he was just he yeah, wanted, with his family and yep, yep, yep. Phil is an obvious one, and so there aren't really. <laughs> I don't think obvious? there's very many question marks here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I'm 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 surprised that uh, that Bryson's playing. I, I he not, technically still could withdraw. This is the same thing that he did before, right? Where you, I mean, sure, you got to yeah. commit by Friday, and if you don't feel good by the day before or Monday or whatever, you could still pull out of this. It's just kind of a weird re-entry point. Like it's a weird week. You're playing like a, just a strange schedule and well, go ahead, if, he goes deep, if he goes deep KP, it's seven, it's seven matches. It's a yeah. win. The thing. To, to have that be your first spot back from injury. Uh, I, I agree with you. I saw it and I was like, that's super weird spot to come back to. I would have been less surprised if he was playing uh, San Antonio and then going on to the masters. Than, than I than I am that he's playing match play. It's 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 a weird situation, Greg, because it it throws your whole schedule. If you're talking about what Rory's doing, sitting out to make sure he's peaking at the right time, this is like throws your whole schedule off. And <laughs> I guess it's a gift and a curse to go deep and play that much golf. But I don't know how much strain you want to put on. So it's just very bizarre to me the decision here. And maybe and maybe he doesn't end up teeing it off and teeing off and somebody else comes in. But I, I thought it was bizarre. Yeah, I'm still a little lukewarm. I'm not. I'm still not fully committed that he's going to play yet. So yeah. that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, but the Wednesday Wednesday start it alleviates some of that um, seven round aspect to it. I think that can kind of it, it. It's a little easier than seven rounds in four days. Um, so it's manageable in that aspect. There's no guarantee that he's going to make it very far. I mean, he hasn't had really any success in this event. Um, in the previous two renditions. That's a little concerning. And I think he's looking for reps. He needs time. He needs to feel like he can play. And when you're, when if assuming you're healthy to play three weeks in a row, after all the time that he's had off is not as big of a lift as it may be for somebody else. So I'm, I think this is simply, well, I need, I need reps. If I'm, if I'm healthy, I got to play and I don't care if it's at a strange venue or not. I got to get out there and compete. Where does the match play rank, KP? I am certainly biased towards this event. I love it. It is one of my favorite. I cannot adequately rank where this fits on the schedule. It's the only match play event that we get on a regular basis, this this individual match play. Where does this fall for you? Uh, I want to love it, and I think that <laughs> there are moments like when Bryson loses to – who was the guy last year? Antoine Rosner? Yes. Yeah. In in the first round or in the first on the first day. And then Kevin Nas teaching DJ like the rules of golf. Like there there are there are moments that it has that you you would never get uh in in a regular tour event. And so I think I think when it comes to those individual moments, it's it's pretty high up there. But overall as an event, it's just it's a little bit the the two problems are it's a little disjointed because Friday is weird because half the field is out of it and then Sunday is so slow because there's only f- uh, there's really only like four guys on the course at a time and it's just kind of 
that part of it is kind of odd to me. So I don't, I don't know how you can fix those, but I, I do agree that you get these really strange and fun individual moments that, uh, that don't happen at the Valspar or even at, at something like the Players Championship. One last thing on this, Greg, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, a lot on, on the Monday DFS preview, is that the best players don't often come out of their pod. I actually think last year John Rahm was the, was the only like favorite or the only yeah. guy who, you know, because they put them through 116. They each have their own little pod. John Rahm was the only guy who was the lowest seed to get out of his pod. So, so you do end and up And he getting- barely did. Yeah, you do end up getting kind of like a weird Sweet 16 style run. It's just, it's a little bit bizarre, but I love it. It's quirky. I think the the best early in the week, it's the best. On, it's number one on tour. Uh, aside from majors, Thursday, Friday is awesome. It's so fun. There's so much action. It's fast paced. You're trying to keep track of everything that's going on. It, I mean, it's it's the best weekday golf event of the year and and the weekend to kyle's point really slows down so it balances out somewhere in the middle but i I love the pre the prelude to this event saturday's fun this the when you have the eight matches going saturday morning yeah yeah that's that's absolutely but then saturday afternoon on it's it it's just and and probably in person it's great it's just hard for tv because it's like there's no rhythm to it it just it makes it difficult this is why the PGA championship went from match play to stroke play. Cause the most important element of the event is the least exciting in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not, not depending on what happens, but that's just the way that it plays out. And that's why match play is tough, but I love the beat. The first couple of days are, are phenomenal. And one last thing, Rick, um, to the point of the stars don't always make it out of their bracket. This is not like basketball where a one seed, the difference between a one seed and a 16 seed is enormous. You're talking about the 64th best player in the world. And the difference between, I mean, look at, look at what just happened with Davis Riley. Davis Riley should have beaten Sam Burns and Justin Thomas. He's like three, what? Three ninety nine in the world. Three. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he shows that when he's playing well, his his game can compete with anyone else's. And then you take that over 72 holes, 74 holes in his case today, uh, this week, and you shrink it down to 18 holes, and anything yeah. can happen. It would be so, like playing seven minutes of a college basketball game. Right. It does not necessarily mean the best team's going to win. <laughs> I, I already know I already know Greg you'll probably pick um probably pick Sergio this year because last year he went full Greg Isafire Ducharme walk off ace that was in honor of you my friend yeah. I think you should yeah. run it back with him he said he did say that uh, afterwards yes uh, <laughs> no I, I love Sergio in this event and I think Sergio's playing some really good golf right now so I, I'm not sure I'm gonna call him as a winner but he's getting out of his pod native Austinite. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, gents, we got to do our odds and ends here, and then we're going to get out of here. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Best bets. We had three of them on the record last week. I pushed Bubba Watson over Keegan Bradley. They both missed the cut at two under. So no blood for me. Greg, this one's actually quite tough to swallow. Because uh, you, you had Alex Noren at plus 163 over Matt Fitzpatrick and Adam Shank. Shank misses the cut. Norin finishes T12 and you lose a three ball. That that's yeah. tough. A T12 loss in a three ball is tough. Look, this match was um I, I went with the three ball because you're throwing Shank in there and it's he just hadn't been playing very well. So it's really Fitzpatrick against Norin. And I didn't think this course would fit Fitzpatrick very well. I, I thought the play would kind of subside, but it hasn't. He's been playing great golf and continued. Yeah. And Norin played great too. So I feel like in a way I was right that Norin played well, but look, this is uh, the the difficulty in matches. It doesn't matter where they finish. It just matters. You, you got to beat the guy next to you. And he didn't coach not only had a best bet of Sam Burns over Shane Lowry, but Sia Najad was so against this that we made it a showdown wager. And then not only did Burns beat Lowry, but he wins the golf tournament. I feel like that should double the stakes, KP. If you do a showdown wager and your guy wins the golf tournament, I think it's I think you owe double. For sure. And in Sia's defense, Lowry played great and has been playing great. Uh, by the way, I just looked up Fitzpatrick's recent finishes. So his last uh, seven, T2, T12, T6, T10, T9, miscut at the players. And then what was he this week? T7, I think. Um, yeah, guess, guess which real good. the most popular fantasy option, probably the players just, just, just throw the player right. out. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's a joke, but, uh, yeah, burns over Lowry, double the bet. And it's, it is unfortunate because Lowry, I think was top five in the field from T to green. He was really good again and just didn't, you know, didn't, uh, obviously didn't beat burns. Yeah. Lowry went 69, 68, 68, 68, finished T12. And again, loses a head to head matchup. That's like a tough life. That's a tough life to live for CN. Both CN and I had had a T12 loser. That's tough. Oh, boy, that is tough. Uh, all right. One last thing to do here, gentlemen. One and done. Little bit of movement here. The most popular selection, Victor Hovland, who was the pick of the fans, the pick of Mark and Coach. So we've got the bottom and we've got the top, earned 41,600. So not much movement there, although the fans do creep ever closer, KP, because you went with Russell Knox. That's only 17,000. And as of this moment, if my quick math is correct, you are holding a 5,400. No. My quick math is not correct. $105,000 lead on the fans? Yes. Well, I got no. them right where I want them. I'm right. Wait. How much is that? 5000 would be four. Yeah, yeah. 105000 Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's $105,000. we are going in a match play. I got them where I want them. I didn't burn anybody. They burned Hovland, uh, which I, I, I feel... Our, just overall, like we pick, we're picking great players, and they're just having like their worst finishes in months. 
I was not among the people picking great players, but you guys were. Uh, the energy. Sorry, Greg. I, I don't think anybody leaves this week happy. Yeah. I mean, at, getting a T7 out of Adam Hadwin is great, but you had to think going into today that that was going to be a little bit better than T7. I mean, that you even leave with a little bit sour taste in your mouth. I mean, a, a, everybody here leaves a little sour. Maybe Shane, La- maybe Sia and Shane Lowry is feeling good about that. That might be the. Yeah, I like that. I probably feel good. good about that. Shane Lowry, T12, 159,900. I had Dustin Johnson, 29,250. Horrendous. Greg had Louis Ustase $17,004. And he's in the mix. 74, 73 over the weekend. Louis, are you kidding me? No. He was no, not. he wasn't. He was not kidding you. But the big winner, and he's quite honestly the man of the hour. Jacob, come in here. Uh, T7 from Adam Hadwin. While it was a bit unfortunate to only get a quarter million bucks, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, producer Jacob. Thank you very much. Adam, uh, Adam Hadwin gave me a gift in that his name is Adam Hadwin, and I use him this week, and his name is not Louis Ushazen, Dustin Johnson, <laughs> Shane Lowry, or Victor Hovland. Uh, so it feels great to take probably the, the least star power name on the board and also get the most money. So I'm feeling well, great, Greg. Duke I just had I, an amazing cover. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, no. But Duke just had an amazing cover, uh, which I may or may not have also had a vested interest in. So we're, it's Big a great night. night. Yeah, I won't, let, I, will, I won't let Greg, you know, poo-poo this evening. All right, good. Hey, I'm ha- look, I'm happy if you're happy. I'm just saying, I, I if it were me, I'd have a little sour. I'd be a little bitter about that. Well, you should have won. Yeah, I mean, he could have, but you know, you you use Louis Wusazen, who's probably gonna. I mean, you can just slot him in for a, a T two at a major. That's true. Yeah, I mean, take a million bucks. I told you, I'm extremely disappointed. I thought I could get a T two out of him here. Uh, for next week, Jacob. So we should do. I'm, I'm assuming we're doing Monday DFS, Tuesday Mega Preview Pod. We should do a Wednesday Mega Preview Pod for the Punta Cana event. Oh boy, could you imagine that? Wow. What are we gonna do? Is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna go Monday, Tuesday, and then round by round stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Correct. We're okay. going, we're just gonna run this back every day. Every day we of the week. It. Love to see it. Happy birthday, Jacob. We're gonna get you out of here. You got dinner reservations. Uh final thoughts on the Valspar championship, but they must be quick because Jacob has to go and it's his birthday and he deserves yeah, it. Yeah, let's get Jacob out of here. Yeah, I'm not holding up. I'm not holding him up. Big thanks to producer Jacob, does all the hard work behind the scenes. Happy birthday. Kyle Porter is available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. Greg Ducharme, you can find on Twitter at The Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run. Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.